I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David. This is your new episode of Baselayer, and I am really excited about this one, everyone. I have Maki with me today. He is one of the contributors to SushiSwap, one of the fastest growing DeFi platforms in the entire world. Maki, how are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me, David. Really excited to have you. So we're going to talk about everything. SushiSwap, as I said, is a decentralized exchange built on Ethereum that utilizes an automated market making system rather than traditional order book. Uh, There's a lot of things that SushiSwap has brought to the world of DeFi over the last few months, specifically, that has been revolutionary and very innovative. But before we get into that, um, what we always like to do with every guest is talk to them about what got them into this world. What inspired you uh, into the world of DeFi? What inspired you to contribute to SushiSwap? Uh, Give us a little bit about that. And then we're going to go, as I said, again, deep into what SushiSwap does and why it's so special. Sure. um, Started off in 2013. Uh, First time, you know, was really when, uh, believe it or not, uh, Dogecoin was kind of my gateway to this whole kind of crypto universe, this and Stellar, uh, which was uh, totally like different than what I'm kind of dealing with today in DeFi. So that was kind of my first steps into it with uh, pretty much like the Gemini brother, um, the Winklevoss brother from Gemini, um, you know, like doing the headlines back in the days about like their purchase of Bitcoin, which was uh, quote unquote at its peak back then, uh, which <laughs> played out very differently. But anyways, that is how I got into it. Uh, pretty much left out the scene a little bit, then came back around summer 2017, right before kind of the, ICO mania, we were seeing kind of, uh, you know, Brave launching their token, etc. like got me more into um, what is happening on Ethereum. And for the first time, I sort of dive into it and kind of saw the potential of, you know, like having Turing complete smart contract on a blockchain. And literally, it's been like, I guess, the rabbit hole since then, um, 2017, 2018, everything was kind of... Uh, all in the air, nothing was really kind of built, I would say, in the way we have like robust system today. And then later on, you know, like the whole kind of um, getting exposed to Uniswap uh, end of January, uh, end of, sorry, December, 2018, early 2019. And then from there, like just having this kind of willingness to contribute to DeFi, but really having no way or nowhere to start with. And then basically like uh, DeFi summer and, everyone was able to sort of uh, be part of something bigger once we had like open org and DAOs sort of uh, legitimizing themselves, something like Yearn or like, et cetera. Like we really saw a uh, huge growth and that's where I came in. That's where I started to contribute. And since then it's been uh, a work of love, a work of fashion and nonstop. 
Right. And as I said, for those that are listening right now, um, just so you have an understanding uh, in terms of the decentralized exchange by volume market share, uh, Uniswap uh, has a good proportion of it, roughly based off of uh, Dune Analytics, roughly about uh, 55% or give or take. But SushiSwap, over the last six to, I call it six to 10 months, has risen and now is getting closer to 20% of the overall volume uh, in market share of decentralized exchanges. And so this has been a really, really interesting project to watch. Um, and so we'd love to hear kind of what it, you know, how it began. Uh, for those that are not familiar with SushiSwap, began uh, as a, a fork of Uniswap. Um, and again, I told you this before we spoke, a lot of the people who are talking that are listening to the show right now are just starting to learn about Ethereum. They're, they've spent the last year or so hearing all about Bitcoin, especially from the media. And now they've learned about Ethereum and now they're really starting to pay attention to DeFi. And so they should have heard about forks already. This is something that has happened with Bitcoin over the last eight or nine years. Um, but talk to us about how that happened. What made, you know, what was, you know, when you think of a fork, you think of a community driven organization, which Sushi is, and you see that a group of you out there identify a problem and identify a different way of approaching that problem. And that's kind of how Sushi Swap arose. So talk to us about it from the early days. How did it fork from Uniswap? And then if you could, um, we'd yep. love to get a little more detail into the different dynamics of SushiSwap. So there's a decentralized exchange, as I alluded to. There's a decentralized lending market. There are yield instruments, and there is a staking derivative. So talk to us about the early days of Sushi. Again, as I said, how it was forked from Uniswap. And let's talk about some of the Beautiful. real components of Sushi. Beautiful. So before starting, like I guess, with the history lesson and kind of the inception story, um, just to give you an idea right now, Today, we have like over $4.5 billion worth of liquidity in the decentralized exchange. Like this is spawning over Ethereum, Polygon, Phantom, uh, XDAI, and various other chains. In total, like since inception, since like the story that I'm about to tell you, we made over $84 billion worth of volume. Out of this volume, um, you know, like there's a small portion of the fees going directly to the Xushi holders, which are community um, holders of the token and the ecosystem per se. So like this was a totally different kind of uh, landscape than today where, you know, like Ethereum is uh, fully kind of accepted as I think one of the the fastest growing like DeFi layer out there compared to the other places. Uh, back when we started Sushi, um, there was absolutely no legitimacy into DEXs. They were growing, but they were nowhere near as professional as uh, liquid as today. And what happened is we started to see a trend where uh, VCs and pretty much like uh, the, the biggest DEXs were starting to become highly, um, I wouldn't say centralized, but concentrated between Balancer, Uniswap, uh, there was banker wasn't even in the picture back then. Um, one inch just raised their um, their funding round for MooniSwap back then, which basically was what didn't work out. And we saw Chef Nomi, which is an anonymous uh, 
character here launched this fork of Uniswap because, you know, he felt, and, you know, it's been highly discussed between him and, and myself, uh, there was kind of a, there was like a misinterest, I would say, of the, like the people basically like controlling these protocols were not in line with the community. They were kind of uh, building their sort of ivory tower where nobody was kind of welcome to contribute or really difficult to crack in, I would say. Um, and basically all these deals, all these tokens uh, that would be launching potentially would be controlled by uh, massively by these outsiders' uh, interests without kind of the world being able to partake into all of this. So what happened is he did like a launch, uh, a fork of Uniswap where you could basically take your LP position, uh, which is basically just a receipt indicating that you are providing uh, liquidity or quote unquote money into a pool on Uniswap. And to sort of incentivize and make sure that people were aligned with them, uh, start to distribute the governance token, meaning that the LPs, which did the transition to to Uniswap to Sushi, would get paid uh, in the future token for everyone. And there's a very kind of interesting, um, I guess, tokenomics or Sushinomics, whatever you prefer to, to call it. 90% of the supply of the tokens was going to LPs and 10% for the dev funds or treasury in this case. Uh, so that's how it started. Uh, it went very fast. Personally, I got involved by joining uh, simply the community, the Discord, when I saw the project going live. Um, prior, to, prior to this project, I didn't have much uh, experience in crypto as you know, like part of a project or open org. And I just saw it as my uh, my way to pretty much like get involved in crypto. So jumped in on board. I was in the first nine people, I think, to join the Discord, engage with Chef Nomi, wanted to understand what was the vision here, what we were striving for. And basically like, you know, someone answered all my questions. Someone was there for me and uh, enabled me to pretty much um, do my best work. And that's what I did. You know, I asked... Um, to join on board and pretty much uh, started to rally kind of everyone around it, uh, was trying to see what we could do together. And we were able to um, to make it so far. Um, we had like some hiccups in the way, you know, like in one week, you know, we went from $0 in the smart contracts to over um, almost 500 million in 48 hours, I believe. Uh, without, you know, having any audits, we started to get the audits in. And then, you know, we took by storm the whole kind of uh, DeFi space. It was the first time a vampire attack was uh, also uh, executed, meaning that we were basically um, taking the Uniswap LP and we were to transfer them onto our own platform, our own DEX. And the key attribute of Sushi uh, back then is, yes, we had a token where Uniswap didn't have one, and then we also, like I said earlier, we're taking a different approach on the transaction fees, where right. 0.05 uh, goes to Xwitch holders and 25 uh, BPS goes to uh, LP. So that was sort of back then, I would say, very crazy because, you know, everyone was wanted Uniswap to have a token. The team was kind of reluctant to, to have one. Um, they finally answered, um, I think, 
two weeks or three weeks after the launch of Sushi by announcing that they were also releasing their own token as a quote-unquote um, defensive measure or uh, I don't know what to call it, but you know the people wanted the token, they got their token, we were now able to govern uh, both Sushi and Uni. Uh, so that is beautiful. And you know, just this in itself, um, to me, it's a success because otherwise, um, today we we don't know if you know there was like Uniswap could be um, basically like controlled the way it is, etc. So, but in the case of Sushi, what enable is kind of crazy because we saw the founder sort of a uh, chef Nomi turning itself around, and you know, like there there was this dev fund that felt that he was owning it, and you know, he contributed massively to to the space with Master Chef V1, which was you know used by thousands of projects nowadays. Right. Um, he took quote unquote profits, and uh, that that created sort of, sort of a, a turmoil and pretty much um, yeah a big big uh, drama I would say right. uh, around DeFi. And um, this was right after you know being listed on, on Binance, on Hobby, on OKX, FTX. So all these uh, exchange like uh, the customer base really got burned there. Right, and and so what's really important about SushiSwap, as I said again, there are multiple different layers to it, if you want to call it. So there is the DEX, uh, the decentralized exchange. And what's really unique about DEXs is, is that they are non-custodial, which means that unlike centralized exchanges, SushiSwap does not need or possess your tokens in order for you to be able to trade them. And so this is you know, very different than you would see on places like Coinbase, for instance, for those that are trying to figure out the differences here between a decentralized exchange and a centralized exchange. And so what you also see with decentralized exchanges, is, as Maki was alluding to, is this idea of liquidity provisions or liquidity providers. And so you have those that are providing that liquidity and those in terms are typically pools. So liquidity pools are places to pool tokens uh, that can users can then you know, use them to make trades in a decentralized fashion. Um, but then in addition to that, and you alluded to this, is you alluded to um, those that are providing um, that liquidity. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the, the kind of the, I dare I call it aggressive, but it was, you know, you guys were really moving forward. You were really marching forward uh, and providing a lot of incentives. And this is where I'd like to find out a little bit more about Onsen. What is the role of Onsen and how far you've grown so fast? Yeah, sure. Um, so just just to, to, to keep going a little bit before talking about Onsen, I think, uh, you know, the team started to... See how popular like the permanent farms were. So the permanent kind of uh, LPs position where you could earn sushi. And we decided to um, make sure that, you know, new project were kind of launching on sushi to start the onset program where, you know, like this program aims to give like a very tiny portion of emission of sushi to LP pools or, you know, like new tokens uh, either launch on sushi or basically like about to launch soon. And we saw like tremendous growth over uh, over the onsen. Where you know, like today, as we speak, there's over we had over 300 to 400 pairs uh, in the program. Uh, all of these tokens represent teams. They represent um, community members. And the goal here was to distribute sushi not just to, I guess, the main 
crypto tokens, but also these new communities. So this way we can bond together, bond together and be like more kind of aligned, making sure that basically like everyone can can collaborate together and you know the ui has been open source everything is open for sushi and this way what is great we're seeing like things like ArcherDAO, which is integrating directly on our ui um front running resistant trades uh similar to what ycaval is also doing on top of us so that is one of the key major thing and the onsen in itself is basically a program to yeah distribute sushi governance token to this new project and it's been highly successful i think it is people were even saying like uh, as a joke uh, you get listed on the onsen first then you try to get on binance and then coinbase and there you go you have like pretty much your whole kind of digital asset journey um i think you know and this is probably probably bound to to change a little bit since uh, we're going to be releasing uh new tokenomics with um the Osushi, where tokens and project are going to be able to vote on these new pairs. But anyway, I don't want to dive into this uh, too quickly. I think it's uh, highly complex and we can probably talk about it later on. But uh, yeah, sure. this is the overview for the onset. Great. Um, and so, as I said, again, there's different layers and stratifications, if you will, of Sushi Swap. So we talked a little bit about the decentralized exchange and how that you know differs than its sisters in the centralized exchange world. And we talked a little bit about uh, the liquidity provisions and liquidity pools. Uh, One of the other things that SushiSwap is really uh, doing quite well into is also this notion of lending. Um, It is my opinion, I've said this on the show many times, is that one of the really special aspects of DeFi is this ability to lend, borrow, and collateralize a variety of DeFi tokens, stable coins, and other synthetic assets. And so can you talk to us a little bit about Kashi and about what that is about? Definitely. So Kashi is a, a very interesting product that was actually um, brought up by a community member. He said, you know, I want to be building like this uh, borrowing, lending, leverage platform. Um, can I have the super of sushi? We did like a proposal, it was voted and a budget was voted and we allocated the person like 100,000 sushi to build this platform from scratch. Um, in, in counterparty, you know, like sushi would be paying the audits and supporting the UI and so on. So uh, what happened here is Kashi enables people to create isolated markets uh, for basically like borrowing, lending, uh, leverage. So they can, in theory, quote-unquote fail and if they do so it doesn't affect the other kind of pools meaning we can see like very risky assets uh, being uh, supplied or landed in these uh, in these pools and you know like everything is tweakable um, the LTV is tweakable uh, to basically like the choice of the operator the one that creates the pool um, the installation rate can also be modified etc like right now at the moment since we launched um in early april we've been kind of tweaking the whole system and pretty much like making sure that it's uh well very robust because one of the thing in DeFi that people forget is the lindy effect the longer you've been in DeFi, the longer you've had no issues no exploit uh the more secure you are and at the moment we're about to roll out like i think a very key feature for cashy which is the twap oracle um, to give you an idea of how this uh, how this work or what this is, 
um, we need like an oracle to kind of always feed us the price of the asset to make sure that, you know, the position is not um, liquidable, etc. Like the position is in quote unquote the money. Uh, once you're not in the money anymore, we need to liquidate the asset with, you know, basically like uh, flash loans or bots to make sure that the market is is uh, is healthy. If it right. if it doesn't if it's not healthy, then there's a loan, and you know that could be problematic, and there could be losses for um, the supplier potentially. Uh, but this is okay because we're talking about like highly volatile assets sometimes. Uh, for things like you know for Ethereum, for Bitcoin, for you know like uh, Sushi, for Uma, for any of these tokens, we have like chain link oracles. But for some of these exotic pairs, like uh, sometimes it is not possible, and that's where the TWAP is used. Um, so, anyways, like it's a very powerful tool, and what we're going to be seeing is also the rate of usage is quite different than all of the other kind of lending protocol out there. Uh, right. Meaning that you know we're targeting seventy-five percent to eighty percent utilization before the interest goes up, and once the interest goes up, they double almost every eight hour until more uh, supplier comes in. So. It is a very interesting product. We do think that at the moment it is not like shining enough because you know we're lacking a few key features. But once this is kind of um, figured out and done, I think there's like a, a tremendous potential right there for Cashy and potentially. Um, and by the way, there's also a, a very interesting thing: is ninety percent of the quote-unquote interest incurred by someone borrowing. Uh, goes to the supplier and 10% goes to Xsushi. So this is an additional revenue stream in the sushi ecosystem for the Xsushi holders. Um, and yeah, basically that's kind of the overview for Cashy. If I have to resume it in a, just in one sentence, it's an isolated market for lending and borrowing and for any asset without asking the permission for anyone person. Got it. I think that's a great way to surmise it. And I think it's important just to mention that my firm, Arca, uh, has been talking about sushi, uh, you know, quite a lot. In full and fair disclosure, we are uh, investors in the the sushi token. Um, we have been publicly saying that we believe sushi is one of the most undervalued companies in the entire world of digital assets. And so, you know, there's a reason why we are having this conversation today, and there's a reason why we were talking about some of the different components that Sushi Swap has been pulling together for the last 12 months. Before I let you go, I would love to get your thoughts on this. So, last month, month of May, there was a specific day um, where you know, basically right in the middle of May, um, where I think it was around the, the 19th or so, where there was a massive problem within the world of digital assets. Um, centralized exchanges were not functioning correctly. Um, a lot of the APIs were not functioning correctly. And then all of a sudden, we saw that the stability, and dare I call it the the anti-fragility of decentralized exchanges held up. And SushiSwap and Uniswap both absolutely crushed in terms of the volumes they did on that day when there was about six or seven hours of structural issues within the asset class. I would love to get your thoughts on how far decentralized exchanges have come 
um, to be able to show the world that this is working and that for the future that, you know, there is going to be more uh, volume, more transactions, more facilities, more capa uh, capacities on decentralized exchanges like Sushi. So one thing, David, that is very important is, you know, like, even before Sushi, Uniswap has never stopped working. Any smart contract on Ethereum has never stopped working. Sushi is, has always been live 24-7 since its inception. And that is because of the way the blockchain is, is working, right? It is impossible to stop it. And that was, like, again, a proof of this, like, magical kind of feature of the blockchain where you know we can shut it down and on this day you know you just said we did like record volumes i think we did like over 1 billion that day which was one of the highest um trading day ever in the history of sushi swap mm -hmm. um and it, it was fantastic and the only problem that i see right now with all of this though is whenever like we had a limited amount of block space or you know like transaction that can happen in a certain amount of time meaning that you know there's kind of a bidding war that happens then for um this very valuable like block space and trades going on etc um but what is fantastic and i think we're going to see even more this summer and probably the next month is the advent of layer two which are going to be the game changer here because uh, and we're already seeing it with polygon at the moment today i can tell you um i'll pull up the numbers for actually today one second um we're seeing basically like even more traction on these layer twos or sidechain mostly because of the cost associated to making transaction um just today you know on on Ethereum, we did 280 million in volume but if you compare it to polygon which was even higher today. It's the first time, I think it's one of the first day we have even more volume. Uh, we did 326 million. Uh, wow. So that means here we're like, we're seeing people like leveraging solutions that are like less costly to trade or less costly to transact with the blockchain. And Arbitrum is probably uh, around the corner. We're seeing like also adoption on Solana and things like this. Uh, Sushi, full disclosure is, you know, as at a proposal where, you know, we were uh, pretty much asked to partner with um, with Razum over there. And, you know, this is about to come uh, alive. Otherwise, on all of the other EVM compatible chains where, you know, we've been deployed uh, since pretty much like three months, almost, almost three months. And it's just, it's been groundbreaking to see the level of adoption. Uh, anyone that has not, I think, dabble into DeFi right now should potentially start with just like, $100 like on Polygon and just see how, how far it can go. On Ethereum, I would say like this is not even worth your time at the moment. But ultimately with Layer 2, we're going to be seeing like a total like shift where, you know, like it won't make any sense in my opinion to, um, to use centralized exchange aside from, you know, onboarding chat. This is, this is the world I think we're going to be seeing. And Sushi is positioning itself so... You know, we want to have like leverage trading via Cashy over there. We want to have like a MISO where is where team can launch their own kind of token and you know assets, digital assets. And then we have like the decks where the trading is happening. Who knows? Maybe we're gonna have like a community member proposing that you know we do some options decks, perpetuals, um, or maybe we're just keep focusing on expanding on all these other chains. 
the truth is the future, the roadmap, everyone is asking me what is next. And each time I'm telling them, you know, it is not up to me. Like the way all these organizations yep. are set up is I am nowhere near like the leader that you think like, right, I'm not a CEO, David, like mm-hmm. literally like my title is contributor. Um, I am not even a founder. Like I was someone that got involved in this project. And since then I've been, uh, you know, it's a work of love, like I said early. Yes. And ultimately like uniting all of these kind of communities together is what really fascinates me. And if it was not for sushi per se, I would still be on the daily being involved in all these various protocols because they are like, even if people think that they are like quote unquote um, tokens or they are uh, protocols or projects or smart contracts, code, whatever you want to define it. I think ultimately like they're like people uh, behind all of these kind of projects, there's people and you want to be making like a connection with them. You want to help everyone that is interacting with these protocols and at some point, I really believe it, but I think they're going to be the new financial rails of the future. Like the fact that today, you know, like we don't have to, you don't have to ask the permission on any at any, anyone to trade 24-7 is already groundbreaking. Imagine when you're going to be able to um, get your paycheck this way or, you know, pay your rent this way and so on. Like it's just going to be groundbreaking. And I've always said, David, but the day I will be able to transact crypto with my um, with my Apple Pay or Apple um, Apple my iPhone, really anywhere in the world is going to be like the day we know we made it. You know, we we did the future of finance, literally. I agree, and uh, I think it is universally said that uh, you know you have done a fantastic job as a contributor to Sushi Swap. I know it is, is that, as you said, a labor of love. And so those out there who have obviously been using uh, the the platform itself and have been enjoying the benefits of it are appreciative of that. Maki, thank you so much for joining us on Base Layer today to talk about SushiSwap. Hopefully we can have you on again in a few months, maybe towards the end of the year and catch up and see how things are progressing over there. And we'll be catching up with you soon. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.